Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Everybody and welcome back to Beer and Money. I am your host Ryan Burklow. Today's conversation is going to be, I think, everyone's favorite conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about estate planning. Uh, for those of you who want to shut uh, this podcast off right away, even if you're single, I suggest you listen to this because there's some conversations that we'll have today that will be even valuable for you as well. So, with that being said, allow me to introduce my guest today. Her name is Jenny Ling. She has uh, a, a estate planning practice, both in Seattle and Bellevue, uh, as well as other areas of expertise. But today's conversation, we're going to be focusing on the estate planning area of expertise. So allow me to introduce Jenny Ling. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so Jenny and I were chatting before we hopped on here, and it's it's amazing the the commonalities that we see on on different sides of the business in terms of i work on the financial side you work on the legal side yes and then marrying the two mm-hmm. is is something that oftentimes doesn't actually occur exactly and so um if there's any value that you can take away from this podcast right off the bat let's just do that make sure your financial advisor and your state planner actually have a conversation <laughs> and they're on the same team <laughs> <laughs> huge bit, huge bit. So, uh, so Jenny, I've already we, we've already gone off the, the path here, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so, I grew up in um, Bellevue, Washington. Um, went to undergrad at UW and did my law degree at uh, Seattle University um, in their evening program while I worked uh, during the day at an insurance defense firm. I currently reside in West Seattle with my husband Michael and our three-year-old Ross. Three-year-old, so yes. you are, are really slow in life right now, right? <laughs> really slow or really fast. I can't believe that he's already three years old. <laughs> it flies by. Uh, I've got my daughter's 11, uh-huh. and the conversation I'm having to have with her right now, and then remembering that she was once three, looking back, on it's just scary. <laughs> so... Hey, best of luck there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, he's definitely a three-nager, but he also has his very, very cute moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely miss those cute moments. Now I get to deal with attitude. <laughs> so so let's, let's, let's dispel one common myth. This is a huge myth that is out there. Sure. Um, oftentimes when I'm talking to my clients, um, every once in a while they'll say something like, you know, Ryan, I'm not worth millions of dollars. Um, I'm not sure I really need any type of estate planning help. Um, talk a little bit about that from from your experience, as well as what they're maybe what they're missing in that statement. Sure, I get that a lot too um, when I'm doing presentations, and always in the Q and A, somebody will inevitably ask, "Well, I don't have that much money. What what do I need a plan for?" Um, and I think there's a misconception about 
estate because I think we've seen sort of in the movies there's that kind of reading of the wills that really doesn't happen um and and it looks like this rich person is giving me all this stuff but estate is just really a fancy term for what you own when you pass away and everybody owns something um for some people it's large for some people it's modest um but estate planning you know it's not just doing a will um it's potentially also planning for incapacity it's um, making sure that your family, your loved ones is going to have a good outcome when you do pass away. And it's not just about passing away either, right? Like we're talking about you know, it, the power of attorneys. Like it's not always about someone dying. No, not at all. So estate planning encompasses, you know, also doing um, incapacity planning. So making sure you have powers of attorneys in place. Um, these would be for somebody to make legal or financial decisions for you in the event that you're unable to or incapacitated, or someone to make healthcare decisions for you in the event that you are unable to speak for yourself. Now, if you're married, for the healthcare, it's going to be your spouse. But if you're single, right, the default is going to be your parents first if they're alive. But what if you are estranged from your parents? What if you don't want them to be making the decisions for you? Without creating documentation saying who is going to, they are going to be the default. And the power of attorney specifically is huge in this. Um, you know, I've had personal experience, uh, unfortunately, um, where my brother uh, passed away prematurely, and you know, my parents were were listed or were given, you know, the the authority there. Except while he was still alive and passing away, he had cancer they had to pick up his financials. They had to pick up a bunch of different things that they never thought that they would have to do. And they had to try to get an emergency power of attorney to get this all handled. This was in Texas. And so for those of you who are single, imagine imagine your parents or you being incapacitated in some state uh, mm -hmm. where you can't make those type of decisions or you just don't have, you can't log online. Like just, you're not there. So your parents are stepping in to help you also put yourself in your parents shoes they're having to deal with their child going through this exactly throw in the financial piece of having to go get an emergency power of attorney like that's the worst thing imaginable at least for me having to think about my parents going through that i think exactly um so there's you know definitely two parts of the power of attorney there's the financial aspect um that you've touched upon where Unless you've put it into a legal document, somebody's going to have to get guardianship over your estate or conservatorship over you, depending on what state you are and what terms is being used, so that they can access your finances and make sure your bills are getting paid, um, that, um, you know, whatever it is that needs to be taken care of. And they're trying to do that in, on top of trying to be there for you emotionally and, and taking care of you that way. And it's so much easier on them and also much less expensive if you just take the time to get these documents done beforehand. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there real quick because I did promise at the beginning of the podcast this is not just for married married people with kids because that tends to be the time that they think about it. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who are single and even in your 20s, just out of school, like to go get a power of attorney and just get basic stuff in place 
it believe me it's it's well worth it and well worth the time to get it done so yeah. and it's especially at for you know going back to you know people in their 20s um oftentimes they're still maybe mom helping with maybe making doctor's appointments and that's something that you're used to well i have a friend that was exactly what happened their daughter went off to college and asked mom to make that appointment well daughter's over 18 now so mom could not make that appointment and so if you want to still have some of that ease for your parents to be doing some medical things for you definitely get that power of attorney done yeah so all right, so now that we've spoken into the single side, so let's talk about the, the married couple with kids, right? So I know oftentimes when we're talking to them around financial planning, we bring up, hey, do you have a will, do you have trust, power of attorneys, all that kind of fun stuff. And the most common answer I get is, oh, we've been meaning to do that. And so, <laughs> and I'll be perfectly honest, I was in that category too. Yeah. Um, it's not a fun conversation to have. Um, and so... The one thing that really hit me over the head, and this was after my second child was born, like this wasn't even my first child, because we're all we're all getting lost in the sauce of life. We go to work, we take care of our children, we're running them all over the place. Totally. And so what hit me over the head was I was on a plane and I was traveling to New York with my wife. Uh-huh. And my kids were at home mm-hmm. with their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And it finally, like, for whatever reason, I have no idea why it hit me that day. I looked over at my wife and I said, if something happens to us on this trip, how does everything go down for our kids? Like, I wasn't worried about money for them necessarily. Uh, although, looking back on it, I probably should have in terms of uh, how they get the money and who's going to manage the money. Like, right. there's bigger details. I wasn't even worried about the money. I was just worried about if something happens to us. Do our children go to the my wife's parents? Do they go to my parents? Mm-hmm. How do they get told? Like I'm going through like the details of this right, and right. starting to freak out on the plane. So getting to that, that was my personal story of why I decided to do it. Everyone is different. Um, and that story may not ever enter your mind for those of you who are listening. But when it... When it becomes personal and when it becomes serious enough to do it, Jenny, what are the things that people just skip over when when they're looking at doing that? Like, what are they not thinking about? So, you know, it's when I'm, you know, hanging out with moms or, or meeting other moms, um, you know, when my kid, child was younger and we were doing playdates and they'd find out I was an attorney and I did estate planning the number they one didn't run <laughs> they, no, they didn't run um they were more like oh man we keep meaning to do that and we've not named guardians for our kids that's usually the number one thing i hear from parents is oh my god we've not named guardians for our kids and you know maybe they've done a baptism and they've named godparents but none of that is in a legal document anywhere it doesn't hold up in court and so so it doesn't right. hold up in court and so when parents don't put their wishes into a document, um, it's really going to be up to the court to decide who is going to raise your child. And do you want a stranger, although I'll bet with, you know, the best intentions, deciding where your children go? Or in the worst case scenario, you have somebody in your family who in no way you would want to raise your child but they know that you've 
done really well with saving. You know, you have the equity in your house. They're aware of life insurance policies, and now they are potentially wanting to raise your child to have access to that, right? And all of that can be prevented simply by doing some basic estate planning. And I think also by doing that, it's going to give you peace of mind so that when you do take that flight to New York, you know exactly who your children are going to go with and what it's going to look like in the event you don't make it home. Yeah, uh, I definitely sleep better at night. I definitely, every time I get on a plane with my wife, I, I no longer have that, that fear that I, I just laid out there. Um, so when, when, they're, when they actually do sit down, or mm-hmm. maybe they're not sitting down, maybe they're doing something online, but what, what are the, some of the common mistakes or let's just say uh, what people overlook when they're, dra- when they're sure. dropping that? I had a client came in and you know, they had um, quickly done something online um, right when their child was born because they didn't feel like they had time and just kind of thought about it and want to get done immediately. And then they said, okay, but now we want to do it for real. And so I reviewed their online documents, and I think the biggest mistake they made was that they'd only named one person as guardian. Gotcha. And so what if that person was in the car with them? Right? Now they're out of guardians. It's as if they'd never done it in the first place. Right. So it's so important for parents to have listed backups. How many... It- how many backups? I mean, I'm, you may get that question a lot, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably, I'm sure, case by case. But how many backups do you do you suggest, or is there a suggestion? So I typically, for my clients, we name uh, three backups. Okay, and so uh, one of those backups, uh, at least for me, was, uh, and it was, I think this is written in the will, is you know, if if my guardian of my children that I listed. Um, were married, right? Something that it hit my mind, or it was brought up to me, at least by my my estate planner, was if they're not married anymore, do you still want them to be the guardian of your children? Yep, exactly. And so that's another reason to have more than one, because who's second? Exactly. So you know, do you want your children to go to a family where there are two parents, or are you okay with one? And sometimes I have people come and say, well. I've listed my brother, I want to list my brother and sister-in-law. And I say, well, you know, what if they do divorce? Who would you, do you want just your brother? Or, you know, if one of them, you know, if your brother had passed away, are you okay with just your sister-in-law? And they're like, well, for some people they say, no, it's really my brother that I'm choosing, right? So it's okay to just name your brother. You don't have to name both people. And whether or not your brother is still with the sister-in-law or if she has passed away, your kids will still go to your brother either way. Gotcha. Um, so there, there's guardians for children. There's also guardian for, for you, the parent, as well, correct? If, if something were to, if they were to get incapacitated, who's stepping in to take care of, of their decisions? So back to our, the original conversation for... Yeah. So um, if you don't do a power of attorney, right, and you're alive... I mean, the reason why you would need a guardian is if you're alive but incapacitated. Right, right. right? And so in a power of attorney, you can assign who's going to be your attorney in fact and who's going to be the guardian of your estate. Um, Without having done that, now your family is going to have to find an attorney and go to court and somebody's going to have to apply to be a guardian for you. um, And the court is going to 
ask them to put down a bond. They're going to check their um, credit score to make sure that there's nothing, you know, that would maybe on the surface look like that they're really after your money and not after your best interest. Right, right. Um, and, and you can prevent all of that, you know, from taking place just by having some simple documents done um, for that power of attorney so that your family can immediately be there for you instead of having to run around and get all this done in order to eventually be there for you. Gotcha. So we've spoken a little bit about guardian. Um, there's also a couple other people that you name typically, and one of them being a trustee, as well as executor. I'm assuming, right? So, yeah. So what are the what are the, and maybe I'm off on this. So talk walk <laughs> me through like what do you typically name? Who are you naming in your will to help with the estate or children? With, like we labeled for guardianship. Yeah. So everybody should have at least a will. Um, for the purposes of distribution of assets. Okay, some people may also choose to distribute their assets through a trust, um, but let me just talk about the will first. Um, and in the will, you are going to be naming a, a person that's called your personal representative or executor, and his or her job is to distribute your assets according to your wishes, okay? Usually, I tell people, you know, pick somebody who you trust, right? If you haven't done any estate planning, then it's really up to whoever in your family steps up to the plate and takes care of that. And it could be somebody that you've never chosen, you would have never chosen for yourself, right? right. And so by having a will in place, you make your voice heard when it can no longer be heard. Gotcha. Um, so if, if you haven't named someone, does that, uh, can that also to court where the court will appoint the executor or no? So if you haven't named someone, then somebody would have to apply to the court in order to be okay, so your there's personal. A process so, yeah, to, so there's, there is be, a process. Gotcha. Um, they would have to apply to the court to um, be your personal representative. Um, they're going to have to post a bond. They're going to have to have um, uh, their credit score checked and maybe their credit isn't up to par and it could be not because they're just you know financially responsible maybe it could be that they've you know recently had something happen bad in their business that affected their personal credit score but other than that they've always had impeccable credit score um but it's going to be the person that makes the best case to the judge as to who should be your personal representative and if you have multiple people um you know vying for that um, just to get access to the funds, um, then certainly um, your your family is going to be left into a lurch, especially if you have children. Yeah. Um, now they come second place because now they're trying to figure out. Well, can you imagine people fighting over who wants to be what? Like that's yeah. the last thing I'm sure anyone wants. Totally. Is a fight occurring no. over your estate because you didn't list or state who does what and who goes and what goes to whom. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to do the planning to not leave these type of messes for your family um, when you do planning you are providing that support to your family you are giving them time to grieve you are giving them time to be with each other and to feel your love um, just simply by doing planning so they don't have to worry about it um, that's I think that's the 
biggest piece and having gone through it uh, myself um, my parents did their planning and so it was it was a much easier process um, because we didn't have to worry about what it was going to look like it was already put in place yeah I I can only imagine um, if something happened to my parents and nothing was in place and I'm having to deal with everything else that I'm dealing with and oh by the way having to choose everything we're talking about Mm -hmm. on their behalf. Right. And I would constantly, this is me speaking, I would constantly be probably second guessing myself. Or not not even just second guessing yourself, but what if, you know, we've seen, you know, there's cases where, you know, people, they didn't do planning and their biggest asset is their house. Right. And maybe, you know, one child wants to live in the house, one child wants to rent the house, and one child wants to sell the house. And each has a third interest. And so now you've created conflict. How do you decide that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I bet you that happens often. Oh, yeah, I think that's one of the mistakes that people do when they, they, they aren't consulting with an attorney about how best to distribute their assets. Um, they're just saying, hey, we'll just, you know, it's so easy. We'll just give everybody a third of everything. A third of a house is really, really hard to do. Certainly a third of, you know, stocks and... and I call the dining room. Right? <laughs> you know? And, and some is... people might not want to sell it for sentimental yeah. reasons. Right? Yeah. It's, easier to, it's easier to separate out, you know, cash. You know, houses can cause problems. Even people fight over the lawnmower. Scary. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess to your point, maybe the lawnmower is sentimental. Like maybe you grew up yeah. on the riding lawnmower with your father or mother doing yeah. that. So it was sentimental because that was a memory and that's why you want it. So yeah. it's actually, I laughed and then it hit me like, right. no, I, I I, can think of mm-hmm. things my parents own now mm-hmm. that probably to most people like why in the world would you want that well to me it's sentimental yeah and i think it's so important too um especially um you know there's there's certain things we focus on when we're working with families with young children and minor children um you know making sure there's guardianship making sure there's adequate life insurance um that there's adequate finances there so that the parents can you know support the children through you know, whatever it is in life that they want to make sure it's paid for, college, maybe a down payment on a house, various objectives and goals. There's also other considerations for when you have adult children, right? Um, and like you were talking about, you know, um, the dining room table or, or the lawnmower, right? It's not enough to just have a will. When there are adult children, I think it's so important for parents to bring them into part of the conversation as much as they're comfortable um when i do when i have families that come in um and they're coming in to do their signing i encourage them to bring in their adult children so they can see the process that we're going through and certainly i only discuss as much of the documents as the parents are comfortable revealing um but I think it's so important for children to see that there is a plan in place for parents to have that discussion with the children about, we don't want you to fight. This is how it's supposed to look like. Um, and to start perhaps um, having the children identify certain things that they want. You know, I've seen people where they, um, 
have the kids put stickers on the stuff that they want. Um, this is it's- and so there's sort of pre-planning um, because inevitably we are all going to pass away. And yes, we all hope mom and dad live forever, but it's just not the case. And so by having some of that discussion beforehand makes it a much easier process um, when somebody does pass away because there are fewer unknowns. You're you're hitting on something that um, I've often thought about is even if your parents have actually done their estate planning and they have three kids in your example, if you don't know what the planning is and then at at their death, now you see the planning, Mm that can start a fight too. Yeah. Whereas if you bring the children in and they know what the plan is and you've explained your wishes, the chances of that fight occurring is now much slimmer. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It's, like it's not one thing to just get the estate planning done. It's also, hey kids, this is the plan. Yeah. And these are the reasons why. Absolutely, it's having that conversation. Um, and also, um, you know, you had asked, you know, what, what is um, earlier about the mistakes? And I think, Another huge mistake people do is that they do their planning once and they never look at it again. Mm, Yeah. And, um, you know, as we are going through life, so many things change. Your financial picture change. What you want for outcomes might change. Um, And if you aren't working with an attorney who is going to be following up with you, and not all attorneys follow up with their clients, um, traditional practice has been that you go into an attorney's office, they draft some documents for you, you take it home and you stick it in a drawer and you don't look at it for 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Um, and the next thing you know, uh, your documents still name your sister as the guardian for your child who's 30 years old and now has kids of their own, right? So the planning needs to be reflecting sort of where you are in life. And it's so important to be working with an attorney so that you can keep your documents updated um, for the financial changes. Um, maybe there's changes in the laws. And so maybe if we did a trust one way, we have to do something different now. Um, or maybe you've made a big purchase and it's not accounted for in your will and your documents the way you thought it was. Um, it was a story of um, a grandmother who created documents because she wanted her money to be used for the education of her grandkids. Great thing to do. Yeah. What a blessing for those grandkids that their grandmother thought about that. Yeah. A year later, same grandmother bought a house so that her daughter and four of her six grandkids can can live in that house, her, her daughter's kids. Well, she never updated her documents. And so when grandmother died, that house became part of the estate that was to be liquidated to fund the trust right. for education. And now the daughter, you know, gets evicted from the house, doesn't have somewhere to live. And certainly the money is going to go to her kid's education. But where is she going to live in the meantime? Right. And I'm sure that's not the outcome that you know grandmother would have wanted but it's the type of unintended consequences when you don't have your documents reviewed and followed up on regularly and that's huge it's funny we we did a a mini podcast on change of beneficiaries Uh and um there are certain scenarios that we've come across where and one of the scenarios that came up was um someone passed away they still had their ex-husband listed as a beneficiary 
mm-hmm. and trying to go through and undo that after the fact. Yeah. So in Washington, um, if your ex is listed and you finish that divorce process, then they are, and then you pass away, they're automatically consi- automatically considered not part of your estate. Interesting. Okay. So that's in Washington. That's in Washington. However, you know, some people are fortunate that they um, still have good relationship with their ex. Maybe they did want their ex to be sure, the power yeah. of a ter- um, to be their personal representatives. If you don't get your documents redone or resubmit that beneficiary form, then you know even if your ex is listed and you wanted him and you've you know have that dissolution order filed with the court, they won't receive the money under as your beneficiary and they won't be able to be your personal representative. Well, I learn something new every day. So <laughs> no, this is state by state has, yeah, has their state own by rules. State. And so that is, um, that's huge. And, and, you know, we talk so much about, yeah. to your point, yeah, life happens. Yep. Things, we get divorced, we have children, yep. we buy houses and how that's listed in the documentation yeah. is huge. And I do want to reiterate that that only what I just described only occurs after there's been a final dissolution. Gotcha. Okay. Um, if you're just in the midst of the process, that's that's not what occurs. Yeah. Gotcha. There's other planning that needs to be done. Okay. <laughs> so one one other thing I wanted to make sure we talk about on on this podcast is probate. Okay. Um, so let's define probate. Let's start there. Sure. And and then let's talk about why we're trying to bypass sure. probate. So probate is um, the process by which your assets are distributed to your heirs if you've done no planning at all or if you've only done planning um, via a will. Um, probate is a public process, so anything that gets filed with the court um, can be viewed by anybody who does want to look it up. Um, Washington um, kind of gets known for having easier probate than other states. Um, for instance, I hear in California, it's anywhere from 12 to 16 months for probate for assets to be tied up in court. Um, in Washington, it is a little bit easier. Um, if you have a simple matter, maybe it could be done to four to six months, uh, maybe up to a year. Um, but if you've done no planning at all, there needs to be also accountability for money that goes to pay creditors. Right. And so your family won't get immediate access to your funds. Um, and that could be very important, um, you know, sort of on, on the big scale if, you know, mortgage payment needs to be paid. Or, you know, what if, you know, you were supposed to be playing for soccer practice for your child or ballet lessons and and now there's not that access to those funds and and it's not a lot of money necessarily but it certainly means something to the people you've left behind um and hopefully in that scenario you have family members that you can that can pitch in but not everybody is so fortunate yeah so (laughs) I've got so many things running through my head right now. We don't have the time on this podcast to, to go through this. Uh, we might have to do part two of this podcast. Um, so let's end on this. Um, the The basis of estate planning for, and we'll just kind of keep it in general for anyone, is really for your possessions, 
financial uh, finances to go to whom you want when you want mm. as efficient as you want would you add anything to that did i miss something i would also add that it's so important for people to really internalize the fact that they have an expiration date and what do you want your legacy to be when you go right Um, we all have a limited time on this earth and what is it going to look like for your family when you do pass away if you've done your planning if you've done your planning responsibly please don't do anything online Um, your family is going to have much better outcomes um, for for their life. You've worked so hard your entire life to make sure that you have enough finances. Please don't let that go to waste by um, not doing planning and creating those unintended um, unintended consequences. Um, and I think the other piece too is um, and something that we do, which I think is so important. At the end of the day, you know, what our families miss is us, the person, our stories, our laughter, our voice, the wisdom that we provide to them. And something that we do in our office is we have our clients do a legacy recording where they get to tell their family these things. Wow. Um, and, and it's so powerful because you get to describe what your intention is impart your wisdom on relationships you know financial management what is important to you um, in terms of your family culture maybe you have a very unique background we are a country of immigrants you know where was grandma and grandpa from what did that look like um and those things don't get passed on in traditional estate planning and certainly not passed on if you're doing something online because it's not going to ask you that Um, So we do that for our clients at no additional charge because we find it so important. I find it so important. Uh, My grandmother is in town right now um, until the end of the month. And every time we meet up with her, actually I'm going to lunch with her right after this, um, we pepper her with questions about her life. She's 94 years old. Think of the experience that she's had and you get to hear. So much. Yeah. And in her stories and um you know what she wants to leave behind i think it's important for my son to know where he came from Mm. um she lived through world war ii in taiwan um when it was occupied by japan um and then you know thrived and then moved here and sort of had a second life here um now has i think 14 15 great-grandchildren i can't don't have time right now to count them all on my fingers. Divide by pot, yeah. But, you know, there, there's so much history and so much experience for her to leave behind. And certainly not everybody lives to 94, but everybody has life experiences um, and th- things that the, they want to leave behind. Your passion is definitely showing through, and I can definitely, um, it's clear you love doing what you do. And I thank you so much. Uh, I'll I'll say thank you for everyone that has worked with you. Uh, you know, what you do for them is, is amazing. Um, and it's extremely uh, needed and wanted. People are just nervous about doing it, I think, is really what it comes down to. And so 
Um, it, I think the the biggest thing that well, there's two reasons I think most people don't get their estate plan in order. Uh, the first thing is just either the, the time or the the maybe the nervousness of getting in order, mm-hmm. and then number two is I think they're they're worried about cost. Yep. Um, just same reasons that I get oftentimes why people don't want to contact us for financial planning around nervousness about their money situation and or cost. Right. And so, um, you know, your plan and and how you work with your clients is, is unique in that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, I invite everybody who's listening, who's considering doing the plan to feel free to give us a call. Um, I usually start the process with, um, a quick 15 minute phone call, um, with the client or with the client and their spouse um, to just really get a sense of what it is you're looking for um, to achieve with your planning um, and to explain about how we work with our clients. After that, if we feel like we're a good fit, we'll have you come in um, for what's called our family wealth planning session. And uh, during that session, um, we will go over with you what probate looks like for your family and what are the unintended consequences if you don't do your planning. And at that time, if you feel like you still wanna do planning with me, then we will be doing your planning on a flat rate um, so that you know exactly from the get-go what your estate planning is gonna look like. And you'll only do planning with me if you feel comfortable with me um, and you you wanna work with me. And coming in for a family wealth planning session no way obligates you to do planning with me if you don't want to. I'm happy to be providing that education um, for people in the community because I think it's so important for people to be making informed decisions um, and not doing a one-size-fit-all of sort of regimen um, that they would be getting online. Awesome. What's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Best way to get someone to get hold of us is um, you can call us um, at our office, 206 859-5098. You can check us out on our website, www.jennylinglaw.com. And if you want to set up that scheduling um, for your uh, 15-minute phone call uh, to start with, email scheduling at jennylinglaw.com. Awesome. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for for joining me today. This was even important conversation for me because I even learned more about this. So this is fantastic. So thank you for that. Yep. Thank you for having me here today, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those of you, uh, we hope you got value out of today's conversation. Um, Please visit uh, us at beerandmoney.net and you can fill out uh, some information. If you've got something on your mind that you want us to talk about on the podcast, uh, you can go there and uh, request us to chat about it there. Other than that, we hope you have a good rest of your day and cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. 
Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burkhouse, CA Insurance License Number OK24924 and AR Insurance License Number 1531912. Alex Collins, CA Insurance License Number O. H24806 and AR insurance license number 7264699. Number 2019 88620 expiration 10 2021.